0: What it do, baby? Yeah! Let's get it. It's the Time to Jets podcast. And I am your host. You know what it is. It's your boy, Big Zoo. And we are here, baby. Thank you for giving us that listen today on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, wherever it is you happen to be listening to us. Hook it up with a subscribe. Appreciate it. And of course... Like we always say, those five-star reviews, they keep the kids fed, they keep the dogs fed, they keep the roof over my head, and everything is all good. So I appreciate if you can leave a five-star review, always helps out and is much appreciated just as much as the listens that you guys give. So thank you so much for all of the support so far through a couple of weeks here of a rough season, to be completely honest with you, but... What else is new when we're talking about the New York Jets? And I got to be completely honest with you. We got to start out real easy, real simple, because it's a pre-game podcast here. It's a pre-game for this Tennessee Titans game. And I just want to start out with an idea for the Jets for this game. Go out there against a beat-up Titans team, And show that you aren't a terrible football team. Show that a team can put their second unit out there and still compete with you and honestly can still beat you in your own house. That would be one of the most absolutely disappointing is an understatement. It would be a disgusting, disgusting showing for this team if they're unable to to keep this game within a touchdown throughout the entirety of it. And if they're unable to go out there and actually compete, this is a, this is a game. The jets are going to be able to compete in, in my opinion. And I mean, we're going to see what happens. I've said that a couple of times already and uh, that didn't work out too well, especially with the Pats. Oof, that was a bad one. So, Hit me up on the Twitter machine, at ZooBeard77. Let me know what you're thinking for today. Give me your thoughts, uh, predictions for the game. Give me your thoughts on the game while it's going on. You know how we do it here. Answer whatever you give me. And all the good ones I'll throw out here on the podcast as well. So definitely hit me up with your tweets, at ZooBeard77, like I said. And we Mm -hmm. can connect there. I love talking to you guys, and I appreciate y'all. So, hopefully, you don't trash me for thinking that the Jets are going to be having a game this week. And hopefully, y'all don't think that I'm being a homer or any type of, like, a fanboy. Because I, I don't think I am. I mean, look at this Tennessee Titans team right now. You have Julio Jones, who was one of the biggest... One of the biggest players to be available this offseason throughout all of the league throughout all of the nfl you have julio jones who is a legitimate you know probably the best receiver in the league for a few years he's he's lost a couple steps but julio jones is out and that's the titans number one and then number two aj brown who in my opinion is going to be that next julio jones is gonna have that probably best receiver in the league title for a little bit at some point. He's having a tough year so far, but guess what? He's out as well. So you look at the Titans offense passing wise, because I don't want to talk about rushing yet. I don't want to get into the King just yet, but you look at the offense for the Titans through the air and they've been eh, under, underwhelming this year, I guess, would be the best way to describe it. I mean, Derrick Henry is second on the team in receptions right now, and he I mean, second on the team in receptions. He's tied for first. I should be uh, completely candid there. And then you look at everybody else, and there's really no one else on this team that is, I mean, I don't want to be rude, but that great. I mean, or is having a great year. Ryan Tannehill is not having the same type of season he had last year, although he's not having a bad year. He's got a 64.7 completion percentage, you know, 756 yards. He's got four tutties, but he's got three interceptions in three games, and that's not what he was doing last year. I mean, that's where you're starting to see the, okay, he's putting some balls in bad spots. Also, been sacked 10 times. That's something that wasn't happening as much last year. So when you're this young Jets secondary, and I know this is going to be a tough game because we already know Marcus May is going to be out, and he's going to be out for a couple of weeks, and there's questions on what his future is with this team right now, and that's going to be uh, something to watch over the next month or two before the until the trade deadline and i mean honestly until the end of the year if he sticks around but marcus may be an out it hurts the secondary but ashton davis has been cleared to play he is going to get in there he's going to make some i think impact plays for this defense and there is no reason that the rest of this secondary can't do the same thing and follow suit with ashton davis I mean, his returns got a chance to invigorate what's going on here with this defense, maybe inject a little energy into that secondary. And the secondary, like I said, their ears, their eyes should be bugging out of their head. their ears should be you know completely just ready to go. They I mean, you got a receiving core today that is headlined for the Tennessee Titans by Chester Rogers. And, I mean, do I really have to say much more? Chester Rogers is a good return man. He's a third receiver. I mean, he's probably a fourth receiver on a really good team. He's the number one option for Ryan Tannehill, who has already had a shaky go of things so far this season. If you are this Jets secondary, this is going to be essentially one of the best matchups you are going to get this entire year, you need to take advantage of what is going to happen whenever they pass that ball. You cannot allow Ryan Tannehill to get easy dump-offs, to make easy plays. You have to make things tough for him in the passing game because if you're going to be able to contain this Tennessee offense, the passing game is where you're going to be able to contain And probably, I mean, you could make the case that they can stop this Tennessee passing offense. I mean, the aerial assault for them, it's not that important. I mean, not that it's not that important. But when you don't have Julio and you don't have A.J. Brown, yeah, the the passing game doesn't become that big. And if you can completely limit that to the point where you can have, I mean, potentially eight guys in the box to try to stop Derrick Henry that's where you can make your money and today is a money-making day for this front seven on this defense and robert Sala and jeff Ulbrick, especially today is the day to go out there and give us your best game possible and now this is a defensive unit top to bottom i mean and when i say top to bottom i mean head coach to the last guy on the roster This is a really good defensive unit who has played incredible throughout this point of the season for what they have had to deal with on the offensive side of the ball for what they've had to deal with in terms of just time of being on the field. It's a pretty damn good defense. Put them out there today. This front seven has a chance to really make a statement. And you look at dudes there. C.J. Mosley, leader, superstar, all pro on this defense, a guy who we were talking about earlier in the week as maybe the only player on this Jets team that could start for all 32 teams without a question right now. And that's not, that's not up for debate. C.J. Mosley is that damn good. And today is going to be a day where he can prove himself. Once again, after missing a couple of seasons, people around the league probably still want to see a little more from him. Today's the day for C.J. Mosley going up against the King Derrick Henry, who is leading the league in rushing. And, I mean, you watch this man run the ball. He has got to be one of the, if not the best, he's got to be right up there. I mean, (laughs) I remember being in college watching Derrick Henry high school highlights and watching him just tossing dudes around, just being humongous in comparison to all the other high school kids. And I was like, Oh wow. You know, well it's tough to get him down. He's a big dude. You know what I mean? Like he, your high school kids, you're not going to get Derek Henry down. And I was like, eh, you know, can't really, that really can't translate too much. And then he had a great college career. And now he comes to the NFL, and it took a year for him to really grasp that starting role. But now, I mean, you see Derrick Henry. He is just bullying NFL grown men out there. And, I mean, last week, that that pop that he put on my guy, Darius Leonard from Indianapolis, was insanity. Like, he flew his ass back five feet plus plus. i'd I'd never seen something like that a running back run into a dude like legitimate like like a legitimate like a like a battering ram and the guy just went flying it was it was something that if you put it in jackass it would have been hilarious but it was in it was an nfl game so everybody's like oh you know what i mean it's not the same type of reaction but I was sitting there dying. I was like, this dude just really bullied this kid like that. Darius Damn Leonard. That's a that's a that's a real NFL player. Getting made look like a little child by Derek the King Henry. And that's why CJ Mosley today, this is money day. This is the time to earn it. The best one of the best, in my opinion, linebackers in the league. Show it. Be you, go out there, lead this defense. It all starts with C.J. Mosley. And then next to C.J., though, is a guy that today is a real moment for him to prove himself defensively, to make him make himself kind of stand out, and he has been standing out so far, and that's young Quentin Williams' brother, Quincy. I mean, the guy's popping, the guy's making big plays, wrapping up, I mean, I expected absolutely zero out of Quincy Williams, and maybe that's why I'm so impressed with him. But the kid knows how to play football. The man knows how to make plays. He has a nose for the ball, and he knows how to make big-ass hits. I mean, this dude is one of the biggest surprises that the Jets got this entire offseason. And... I mean, you just got to see where it keeps going. Today is a big day for him in terms of proving if he is a legitimate NFL linebacker, starter, a guy who could do this week in and week out for an entire season at a high level. And this is a chance for him. And I think Quincy's going to make that happen, if you want me to be completely honest. I think this linebacking core is going to have a big day. Now, where the X factor comes in with Derrick Henry is can your defensive line get enough pressure on him in the backfield to make things a little difficult? Can they close up a couple of running lanes so you're making things easier for your linebackers? Because the linebackers are going to get tackles. Like, Derrick Henry's not going to just score 20 touchdowns on 20 runs. You know what I mean? He's going to get brought down. So the linebackers are going to have a good day regardless. The D-line is where you look for to see if this defense is going to have a good day and if there's going to be a legitimate chance for this Jets team to go out and make something happen. Now, when I look at this defensive line, I still have some questions because I want to see more. I have to see more. This is a good defensive front, don't get me wrong. John Franklin Myers is a really surprisingly great player to start the year. Sheldon Rankins has been a good addition. Fadakasi is playing his ass off. But and Williams, and Williams, my man, today is a day for you to go out there and do big things. You're going up against a quarterback who has no passing options, pretty much. He has no receivers to throw the ball to. So you need to make sure that you are putting as much pressure on him as possible. Ryan Tannehill, although he had a good year last year, is still Ryan F. Tannehill. Let's make sure we don't lose sight of that. He's still the same guy that was in Miami for all those years and did all the things that he did there. Just because he had one good year in Tennessee, one really good year in Tennessee, That doesn't mean he's ready to go. That doesn't mean that he's all of a sudden going to be this world-beating quarterback that everybody seems to think he is. He isn't. He's gettable. You can get pressure on him. You can get pressure in his head. Quinnen, today is it. You had a good one last week versus Denver. Let's keep building. There's an opportunity for greatness today. There's an opportunity to make yourself a legitimate... You know, prove that top five pick worth. Prove that number three pick value today. It's a big game for Q. Gotta get pressure. Gotta be in that backfield a lot. Gotta be eating up blocks. Gotta be eating up holes. Pause. That was... <laughs> <laughs> gotta be eating up the holes, man. Oh, I'm sorry, people. <laughs> that just caught me off guard. <laughs> oh man! But seriously, you gotta be—you uh, gotta be making sure you're closing up as many uh, as—oh ma- man, I almost said closing up all the holes now too. Sheesh! All these entendres, man. Gosh, I just—I'm a magnet, aren't I? But Quinn has got to get into run lanes. He's got to make things happen there defensively. Because if he does not, then Derrick Henry is going to have a big day. Like, I mean, there's there's no two ways about it. You need a defensive lineman who's going to be over the top, who's going to be everything and then some. And if that guy is on the interior defensive line, then you're actually going to have a shot in terms of slowing down Derrick Henry. You're not going to stop him. You're probably not going to keep him under 100 yards, but... If you can get him to not rush for 200-plus and score three touchdowns on your ass, then you're going to have a chance to win the game. In a game like today, you're going to have a chance to win. There is nothing that is going to happen for this Tennessee offense throwing the ball. I have full confidence in this defense that they are going to be able to stop Ryan Tannehill Completing passes right now to Chester Rogers. I I have full faith in this defense. There's no Janu Smith. The tight ends are not the same. They are not as good. Go out there, defense, and play the game that you guys know you can. And if that happens, then we have to turn to the offense and see what they're going to be able to do. Because Tennessee, again, this is going to be the easiest matchup the offense has had all season. And I know that sounds crazy, especially when you come into the year and you look and you have Carolina on the schedule to start it, and then you have New England the next week. New England's always a good defense. And, I mean, Denver with Vic Fangio, you know that's going to be a good defense. And... Tennessee used to be a really good defense. They used to be in that same category. They're not there anymore. And Carolina gets a lot of crap, but I think they are almost guaranteed to be a top five defense when it comes down to the end of the season. And that's not, and part of it is because of the teams that they're playing. Yes. And the competition isn't as great as some other teams, but they have really good borderline great young players who are going to take that step. And honestly, this is looking like the season where they're taking the step. And this Carolina defense is one of the toughest matchups you could have gotten in week one for Zach Wilson. Now, you look at Tennessee, who I said has fallen off essentially a cliff defensively. They still got Byard in the secondary. They they got Bud Dupree, who is going to miss this game, which is another thing to watch for because now that pass rush is a little hurt. And then you got, on the other side, Harold Landry. Harold Landry is the guy who you need to zone in on. If you are the Jets today, you need to make sure Harold Landry is not able to get to Zach Wilson. If you're able to stop Harold Landry, then you're probably going to be able to contain the pressure that this defense can get on Zach Wilson today. Make sure that his ass is not able to get in the backfield. And if he gets back there, limit that. You cannot have Zach Wilson get hit a ton against this Tennessee defense. This Tennessee defense is not good enough to warrant Zach Wilson getting hit double-digit times. This Tennessee defense isn't good enough to warrant Zach Wilson getting hit and sacked five-plus times. This is a game where the Jets offense can say, listen, we had tough matchups in the first couple of weeks, like brutally tough matchups, three top 10 defenses, potentially three top five defenses, uh, maybe not three top five, but two top five defenses and a top 10 defense. And if you go out there today versus Tennessee, and you make the adjustments, and you play a good, full football game, then there is going to be a legitimate, okay, yeah, I can understand that. I can understand having a little bit of issues. I can understand having the problems that you have in the first couple of games, because you know what? You played a more reasonable defense, and you actually did a little something versus them. Now, it's not a good thing that you look like crap against great defenses, but... It's understandable when it's the first three games of a rookie's career and a rookie offensive coordinator and a rookie head coach. It's understandable, and there needs to be a little bit of understanding as as tough as it is with this offense because they are young and they are still forming themselves. I've gotten on the O-line a lot. Isaiah Williams, he got brought up to the actual roster to uh over the weekend he's going to be active this weekend I think that's important to note because there's a chance that he could potentially be a guy that gets in these games and gets some moments especially with the way that you know guys like Greg van Rotten have played and don't underestimate that the reason that Isaiah Williams is here, isn't to go into this game for Greg Van Rotten if he comes out and plays like a turnstile again. There needs to be accountability on the offensive line, and so far it hasn't been there. I assume that's because we're three games into the season and they're trying to give guys a little bit of a chance. I get it. Here's the reality. You're about to be a quarter, essentially a quarter of the way through the season after today. If Greg Van Rotten sucks, Greg Van Rotten sucks, and that's just it. There's no reason to look into it too deep. I get the guys from Long Island. He's an Islander fan, you know, whatever. Like, he he brought the team together for that stuff. Cool. But if he can't play on the field, then you should just make him a team ambassador or the guy who comes up with the team trips because – He's going to get your quarterback hurt. I'm done talking about great. I'm so done talking about this guy. I just want to see something happen. And honestly, I'd like to see him play a good game. But even if he does, I'm still not going to have faith in him. I, I want to see it. I personally want to see Isaiah Williams in this game at some point. I want to see him get a little bit of burn out there just to see what it looks like. Just to see if he's able to do anything. Especially since I mean, I'm talking about Greg Van Rotten has to do this, Greg Van Rotten has to do that. I come on, you, me, you, me, and the people who don't even watch football know that Greg Van Rotten is going to give up at least one quarterback hit today. Like, we all know that. Just off of the bat, he he's signed up he's signed up for at least one solid QB hit today. And I don't even need to see that. I'm just so tired of it. I'm so tired of him. I'm so tired of all the excuses. I'm so tired of all the calling out of Zach Wilson and trying to make points for yourself. Everybody around the league sees that you suck right now. You need to be better. Be better. Be a damn, be a damn proud professional athlete. Be a proud professional. This is your job. Go out there and play like it. Go out there and play like it could be taken away from you. Not because of injury, but because of you sucking. That's what Greg Van Rotten needs to play with today. If you see that out of him, sheesh. This offense might have a hell of a day. Because Tennessee, I mean, they don't have players, man. They don't have a ton of dudes. David Long, that's my guy. That is my guy at a WVU linebacker. He was a freshman when I was a senior. I had a couple, I think I had a couple of public relations classes with him. Good kid, smart guy, and a really good football player. A really good linebacker. Just a, a pros pro. And I thought that from the second I saw him play in Morgantown. And I know Big 12, no, no defense, oh, they all suck, you know, they don't know what to do. David Long is a really good, really good linebacker. He's a little shorter, but he can make tackles, and he's always in the right spot. But he's not going to make a difference in a game. He's not going to be the guy who goes out there and wins you a game. I mentioned Kenneth Byard earlier. The guy's a stud, but again, a guy who if you can stay away from him, you're going to be able to have success versus this Titans defense because they don't have very much else going for him especially now that we know Caleb Farley's out so you stick Caleb Farley and Bud Dupree out of the lineup that should spell a little something good for Zach Wilson today and I want to talk about Wilson a little bit because I'm hearing a lot of questions on him I'm hearing a lot of questions on can he make plays? can he do this that and the other thing and I've said this statement before but I'm going to say it again just that people you know remember Zach is not getting any time in the pocket to throw right now. So when you are judging him as a pocket passer, you're judging him pretty much like against the greatest pocket passes of all time, because the time that he has to get rid of it is it would be putting him up there with some of the elites ever in terms of processing what's going on in terms of getting the damn ball out. Like you're expecting a lot from him. And the things that we have seen that are good from him are when he's actually eluding pressure on the run and throwing the ball. And when he's doing that, you can see why people compare him to Patrick Mahomes because he has that same kind of awkward, not awkward release, but different release. And he's very fluid, almost like it's just, it's kind of crazy that he looks more comfortable throwing the ball on the run than he does in the pocket. And I mean, that's not a, not necessarily a bad thing, but it's not a great thing. But when you see that as something, you as a coach, you as Matt, Mike LeFleur, almost called him Matt LeFleur there, Mike LeFleur, you need to step up and you need to find a way to get Zach Wilson rolling out and getting on that run so that he can make throws where he's most comfortable. I mean, it could be something that helps you with pressure, too. It could be something that helps you stay away from Greg Van Rotten, you know, blowing a block and having somebody chasing Zach immediately. You know, putting Zach in that rollout, having a couple of guys go out there, nice easy passes early on. That could be something that sets him up for success throughout the game instead of having him sit in the pocket where he barely has any time and trying to make reads on throws that aren't going to be there because it's just not enough time to make them. And there aren't too many receivers that have been getting open. And that's something that we haven't spoken much about is the receiving core and how terribly they've played. But I'll, I'll, I'll give the receiving core a little bit of talk today because we do not have... Jeff Smith, and that's oh man, you know, Jeff Smith, the big time playmaker on special teams that we had to make sure we had him on the roster instead of Denzel Mims. And it's not Jeff Smith's fault. He's not a bad NFL player. I don't want to sound like I'm crapping all over him. But to say that somebody, because he could play special teams, is a more <laughs> not is a more valuable player than a receiver who you picked in the second round, that's just it's not good. So that's why I'm taking the shot there. But Jeff Smith is going to be out Elijah Moore is going to be out today Two, two guys who take up spots on that active roster and Jameson Crowder of course is going to play this weekend which I think is going to help out significantly as he's a veteran receiver who can come across and when you hit him with a pass he's not going to drop it because Jameson Crowder understands that hey I'm only going to get X amount of targets. I need to make sure that I make these count, and he always does. Always does. One of my favorite in terms of safety blankets in the league, receivers. I think J. Mo Crowder is going to be that dude here today and make a little bit of a difference for Zach Wilson, at least with those quick, getting the ball out, just get a completion. He's going to help him feel comfortable. Number two, who is the guy who's going to be taking Jeff Smiths? roster spot that would be none other than Denzel Mims oh baby Mimsy getting out there and the coaching staff I mean solace sounded a little giddy when he said that he was going to play and that you know he's going to get some opportunities and hopefully he takes the advantage of it and that's you know not word for word quote but essentially what was said I cannot wait to see Denzel Mims get out there and actually get an opportunity and to see what the hell we are looking at. Because, I mean, listen, he has had a very, very rough year. He's been criticized about as heavily as somebody could be criticized by a coaching staff, and now he's playing. And I mean, part of the reason he's playing is because of the injuries, but, I mean, if you've been monitoring the Denzel Mims situation like we have over the past couple of weeks, it's been looking like they've been building to this. And it almost feels like Sala and LaFleur and the coaching staff wanted to make an example almost out of Denzel, which is a terrible thing to do to a guy in his second year. But they almost wanted to make an example out of him that, hey, if you don't understand these plays, if you're not getting it down to the everything down to the T, then you're going to have issues getting on the field. You're going to have issues being active for this team. And hopefully they got their message across, but I need to see Denzel and I need to see if my man is going to be able to make a difference to this team going forward. And if he's going to prove valuable with a second round pick, because that is a valuable pick. And that 2020 draft class is looking like, dookie shoes on a warm summer day right now so i don't want to hear any excuses for denzo mims after today i don't want to hear anything oh the coaching staff's not giving him a shot oh you know there's there's personal stuff i don't want to hear any of that anymore today's the day he's gonna get to go he's gonna get to play i believe he's gonna have a big one I mean, and by a big one, I don't think he's going to have 100-plus yards, but I think he's going to make all of the targets that he receives, receptions. And I think he'll get a few yards. I think you might see Denzel Mims make some things happen out there. He's quick. He's big. He's essentially one of the biggest receivers we got, and he's a good target opposite Corey Davis. And Corey Davis, I mean... Him in his own right, he needs to have a day today because last week, the week prior, he has had two back-to-back pathetic games for a guy who makes the money that he makes. And I'm not usually somebody who points out, hey, you're making this much money. But when you're a guy who I've kind of looked at as a number two receiver, and you're coming out here and you're making wide receiver one money, or pretty much wide receiver one money, and you are playing like Corey Davis has played so far, yeah, you're going to get some criticism from me because that just don't make sense to me, fam. you got to be a wide receiver one. you got to be a a wide receiver one for this QB. You can't let Zach Wilson down. You can't let Zach Wilson down again. And that's where we're at with this team right now, this offense. You can't let it down again. You've had your mess-ups. All, those were tough defenses you went against, but now you have an opportunity to go up against a defense that can be had. Go out there and go and make plays. Nothing else to be said. Nothing else to be done. Execute, block, catch the ball. Make sure Zach does not hit the ground and give him every opportunity to succeed today. If that happens... We're going to be talking about a different-looking Jets offense when we're here on the postgame after 4 o'clock when, hopefully, we're celebrating a Jets win. And I'll get to my predictions in a second, and I will give you my players to watch in just a moment. But I just want to remind you real quickly, hit us up with that subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or Amazon, wherever it is that you happen to be listening to us right now. It's always appreciated. Thank you for the listen once again on a beautiful Sunday, Sunday here in New York City. And you can follow me. Remember to follow me on Twitter at ZooBeard77. Hit me up with your thoughts on the game while the game's happening. Let me know what you think. Post game, give me your thoughts on whatever this performance is looking like. And I'm going to read the best ones on the post game show. So... Definitely get those comments in at Zoobeard77. I do reply to them during the game as well and after the game. So please don't think that, you know, you're going to be tweeting and you're not going to get anything back because I I, I love to reply to everybody or at least acknowledge everybody that sends something forward because your thoughts, I mean, they they make a lot of things go, man, and I appreciate everything that y'all have to say. <laughs> and with that being said, I would like to dive into my players to watch for week four and we will begin on the defensive side of the ball as we always do. And this week, my defensive player to watch for the Jets is going to be the all pro linebacker leader of this defense, CJ Mosley and I think is going to have a big-time game. I think he's going to be able to not stop Derrick Henry, but he's going to be able to make some plays, and he's going to make some big ones. Expect that if the Jets do something big today, it's going to be because C.J. Mosley made some big, big, big plays. On to the offensive side of the ball. And I would love to say Zach Wilson because every week, could be Zach Wilson as the player to watch, and we absolutely are going to be watching him this week once again. And I would love to say Greg Van Rotten, but I don't think Greg Van Rotten is going to be on the field all that long. If you want me to be completely honest with you, with Isaiah Williams being healthy, or maybe not healthy, but active this week. My offensive player to watch, though, is going to be a wide receiver who is making a lot of money, and one wide receiver who has not had a great start to the year, if you want me to be completely honest with you. And one wide receiver who was supposed to be the wide receiver one for this Jets team, and that is Corey Davis. I think Corey Davis today, there is no doubt in my mind, he's going to come out and play with some pride and play with some joy and make some things happen out there. He is going to have a good game. I'm going to say Corey Davis today, We'll see him get seven catches over a hundred yards. That's my prediction for him and a tutty throw it in there. He's going to have a good one. He's going to get his consistency back and his reliability for Zach back. And with the other guys on that offense today too, I think we're going to see some points out of the jets. How about that, baby? Let's go. Let's go. A little bit of offense from the boys. And I mean, I don't want to go crazy here, but I think this defense is going to be able to contain the passing. And as long as you can do that, there's a chance against Tennessee. I'm going to take the Jets to get their first W of the year. And I know I can already hear people going, you homer piece of crap. You you are such a homer. Stop it. I know. But I'm going with the Jets. So let's go with Gang Green, 27, Tennessee, 10. Woo! That's a pretty big pick. I'm feeling it, too. I got I got some juice going through my body now. It's about that time to shotgun a beer. It's a Sunday morning still. Ooh, who cares? It's always time to shotgun a beer, right? Let's get it popping. Get those wings. Get those beers ready. Get your, get your sodas ready, get your waters ready, get your chips ready, get your favorite snack ready because the Jets are going to go out there and they're finally going to get a win today because this is the game to go and get a win in. So without further ado, people, thank you for listening to the Time to Jets podcast, always available on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon. And remember to follow me on that Twitter machine at ZooBeard77 where you can always hit me up. Appreciate you. Love you, and without further adieu, I must bid you all farewell as it is time for me to jet. Peace!